This podcast is made to provide you all types of real estate related information from first time home buyers information to what you need if you already have a home. We will cover it all. Let's dive in together and collect all the important things you should know as you're searching, buying, or living in your own home. Hi, this is Carolina Waliki from True Global Property Solutions. He is here with George Costanzo, also from True Global Property Solutions. And today we are here to talk about uh, multifamilies, different types of properties from which you can earn income by investing in real estate. We're going to break down the different types of units and how you can go about getting a loan. So let's start by quickly defining the different types of properties that we're going to talk about. We're going to group them into four categories. There is one, which is single home, one unit, freestanding home, two door or two unit home. Then we're going to group three and four unit homes, and then five units or more building complexes or properties. The one to four units are actually one main group and then the subgroups you discussed and then anything five uh, and over is going to be considered commercial. So we'll go through each of those. Um, so one of the things that is important to note is that as George just divided them into the two groups, one through four units are valued mostly by the comparative units, by the comps in the area, meaning this evaluation is based mostly on what has transacted recently in the area of units that are like kind in terms of renovations, in terms of what type of property they are, in terms of location. So that's pretty much indicates that the value is dependent not on anything else, not on rent collected, but rather on comps and on the state of the actual unit. Finishes, how upgraded it is, um, and all of these, um, whether it's ele- whether there's an elevator or not, even if it's a small building, if it has any added features like a parking garage or a driveway. And then units five or more commercial are valued based upon the rent that you collect. As George indicated, five or more are commercial properties. Anything where you are collecting rent and making revenue is considered commercial properties. Yes, yeah, so on commercial properties, uh, unlike anything that's one to four units where the comps of the area are going to affect the value, with commercial pop properties, um, primarily the value is going to be determined by what the net operating income is and what what the rents are. So you're you're actually in more control of creating value um, by doing some minor upgrades, maybe cosmetic work and upgrading up up in the rents a little bit, that creates value. Whereas in a one to four family, the value is gonna be created by what your neighbors sell for. That's a great point. Can you please, I'm going to back it up a little bit. Can you please share with us what is net operating income? Sure. Your net operating income is your gross rental income minus your operating expenses. 
So if your gross rental income is 100,000 and your net operating expenses are 40,000, then your net operating income would be $60,000 for the year. Great. Can you please take us through what what do I need to do in order to qualify for a one, two, three, and four door? Sure. One, yeah, thank you. Okay. So on a single family home, um, if you don't have good credit, you could do what's it called an FHA loan. So an FHA loan, you're typically going to need like a 600 credit score. Um, you know, we are going to look at your assets and your income also, and the down payment on that property would be three and a half percent at minimum. If it's a conventional loan, which is Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, typically you're going to want a 680 or higher credit score. And then again, we're also going to look at your assets and income. And on those properties, you can put down, if it's owner-occupied, as little as 3%. Now, for FHA, you can't do an investment property, so it would have to be owner-occupied. Um, if you're going to do a single-family home as an investment property, you would need uh, at least 15% down. Now, moving to a two-family, you would have to put 15% down if it's uh, owner-occupied and 25% down if it's an investment property, and that's for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac still same credit requirements. You're still going to need to show assets and income. For three and four families, the only difference is the down payment. For owner-occupied would be 20% and an investment property would be 25%. So those are the primary um, differences. As far as for commercial lending, it's a whole different formulation. Um, it's not as dependent on your credit. You still do need to have somewhat decent credit, but it's not the lender's not going to primarily be looking at that as much as they are what's called the debt service coverage ratio. Now, your debt service coverage ratio is your net operating income divided by the cost of your debt per year. Okay. So typically lenders want to see a 1.25 to 1.35 debt service ratio as a minimum. And that's going to be a big driving force uh, as to whether they'll approve the loan or not. There are other factors that come into play, like the location, the quality of the building, um, you know, and many other factors. But that's like a, a first point of uh metrics that you want to take a look at um, can you please can you please yeah. take take me back a little bit to how to arrive arrive at the debt cost per year what does that mean what, what number do i need to know in order to be able to find my debt service coverage ratio sure so we'll, we'll use some simple numbers okay say the property is a million dollars and say you're putting 20 percent down so you're going to finance eight hundred thousand. Okay, and eight hundred thousand. Let's say your interest rate is three percent. Okay, and it's going to be a thirty-year loan. So your monthly debt costs would be just about four thousand dollars a month for your principal and interest. Um, you would okay, multiply so that by by twelve months, so you'd have forty-eight thousand in uh, 
what's considered debt cost. Okay, so if you're net operating income, let's even take it a step before that. If your gross rental income is say 200,000 and your net operating, you have 100,000 in operating expenses, you would have 100,000 in net operating income. So 100,000 divided by 48,000 would be the cost of your debt. That gives you a 2.08, which is phenomenal. Okay. Okay. okay, great. So thank you for clarifying that the debt cost is not just the interest, but it's both the interest and the principal of the loan over a period of year. So the monthly payments over a period of a year. Correct. Great. And for a down payment, a typical down payment on a commercial loan is going to be 20 to 25%. Um, there are instances where we could do 10 to 15%. You know that's on a case-by-case -case basis you know typically you'll you'll be around 20 to 25. are there additional considerations in terms of how many doors uh complex has in terms of the risk that a landlord is taking when some units are vacant so does the lender also take that into consideration if it's a two-family versus a four-family and then of course it's a different scenario because as we just discussed um five and more units is a different category but does the lender take take into consideration how many units between the one and four door uh building uh they, they do to some degree. That's what's going to affect the difference in down payment required. Um, but primarily on a one to four family, it's going to really, what's really going to drive it is your credit score and your debt ratio. And your debt ratio is the monthly payments of all your debt plus what the mortgage payment, including taxes and insurance, is going to be. And then that gets divided um by your gross uh income so typically you want to be under 50 percent uh to qualify so if you have you know eight thousand dollars a month in gross income you really don't want to go above four thousand dollars a month for your total monthly debt payments and your uh mortgage payment which including your taxes and insurance so that, that's on a one to four family. Um, you know, like I said, once you get to five units and more, the more units you have, the more likely you're going to be able to get a loan because the safety is it's a safer and less risk uh, involved when there's a lot of units. You know, if you have 16 units and two people don't pay, you know, that's a minimal impact on the cash flow. Whereas if you have six units and two people don't pay, you know, that's a third of your rental income. So they actually like bigger deals better, lenders do. Um, it's not to say you'll have difficulty getting um, a loan if it's only five or six or seven units, but you know, the numbers still have to make sense. But lenders do like bigger deals. Okay, great. Yeah, well, there's that makes sense. There's security in that amount of numbers yeah. and units as opposed to smaller. Um, I hear a lot about cap rate 
Can you please help me understand a little bit more what the cap rate, what I can expect, and what it can indicate to have a higher or lower cap rate in certain properties? Yeah, you'll see when you're looking online at properties, now we're talking five units and above, this is commercial. Um, that's going to be your net operating income divided by the market value or the purchase price of the property. Um, so typically what you'll see is properties that are in better locations that are a better class of property like an a or a b property those cap rates are going to be lower they're usually going to be at maybe as low as a three to four percent um whereas you know a, a poorly uh run property run down property maybe it's older it's not in a great neighborhood you know what would be considered a c or a d property you might see cap rates at eight or nine, 9%. So, um, you know, it doesn't mean one's better than the other overall, because you may not, you're not going to have good cash flow and a good return on an A property in an A location at a three cap. Whereas on the flip side, a D property in a bad area with an eight or nine cap is going to give you the most return and the most cash flow. But there's obviously issues involved with with both of those. You know, the, the A property is going to be in a good location. It's probably going to hold, uh, you know, you're probably going to get better tenants, more stable rent. And on the flip side, you, you may have, you know, unstable tenancy uh, on the lower end. So, you know, there's things to consider on both. Exactly. It sounds like you really have to take a look at the neighborhood and the type the type of tenants that you may be able to get in one or the other. Yeah. And they likely will be rented um, with a lower vacancy rate as we go yeah. on. George, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all this information. We are True Global Property Solutions. Um, our number is... 8444-TRUE-GPS. Great. Thank you so much and have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening today.